This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. Okay, after a short hiatus, we're back again. It's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. And tonight I am joined late night by the illustrious senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town, finishing up after finishing up his post-game report. Pat, welcome back. Illustrious. Notorious? Wow. Could have said notorious. Notorious is probably more accurate. The notorious P-A-T. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Or, or would it be H-A-T? I'm really not... P-A-T sounds better, but H-A-T might work too. But anyway, so we're back. Chris is out hunting conspiracies somewhere. Um, not sure where he is. And so we'll move on. So let's start. MLS is back. It's not no longer MLS is drunk. It is actually MLS is back. So the, the curtain raisers tonight were was the Hudson yeah. River Hudson River Derby and then the fire in Columbus at Map Free Stadium, I guess is what, you know, in Columbus, Crew Stadium, yep. call it whatever you we, want to call we, it. We call it uh, Livestrong Puking Stadium. We do. And as I pointed out, US Mexico game. And there was no fans in the stadium, which, as I like to joke, that's pretty much what the crew had anyway at that point. So, so there was probably definitely less vomit in the stadium than the last time we were there. That's true, but being a fire fan with the last couple of years that we saw in Bridgeview, really can't. It's kind of throwing, you know, glass, you know, rocks at glass houses, whatever, however you want to phrase it. But because the fire support has not exactly been stellar either in the last couple of years. Yeah, in Bridgeview. I'm actually. And, I'm not going. I'm not going Tuesday, but I'm going to the next home game, which is like a week from Saturday. Sure. Uh, I wonder if there will be more people there than there were at my last U.S. Open Cup game. Well, if it's more than twenty, yeah. Um, are they allowing are they allowing fans in the stadium? No, no. They so are then, allowing media in the stadium, and they're also allowing me. Okay, well, there though there's that. Um, but you might be the only day to day beat writer for the fire at this point. So, well, I mean, Brian and Jeremy do a pretty good job, I think. But they do like every constrained by what their paper actually wants them to cover. Cor- so correct, and so there's that. So anyway, fire comes back tonight. They lose 3-0 to Columbus. I want to say, I'm not sure if the scoreline is indicative of the game, but it probably was when it's all said and done. Well, because it, it's funny you should say that. Let's 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 jump into this because, one. Because uh, uh, I got on the call, and on the call they had uh, Raphael Wiki, of course, and they always do two players, and in this case it was Calvo and Shuttleworth. And they all three said that this game, it's the first thing Rafa said, this game was not a three nothing game. It was a lot tighter than that. And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. But when you actually hear what they're saying and you look at some of the stats, I mean, it, it it's once again, you, you could have argued that the, the San Jose game was tight. You could have argued that the, uh, they were dominant in some fashion in the Vancouver game, but stupid defensive mistakes, mental mistakes were two of the three goals tonight. And one was just an absolute MLS goal of the year, maybe even a Puskas winner from Darlington Nagby. That was just 
I, I, t- I asked Calvo about it and he seemed to acknowledge it was amazing, but he's like, I don't want to talk about that goal. But he also said that it was an amazing goal. So, but yeah, but the thing that they all three said, and this is, I put, this was the, all over the story that I just put on hot time was they felt like this was a much tighter game than the score indicated. Do you think that's the case? You know what? I, 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 after you started going into it and that they all mentioned that it was tight, I guess they're not wrong. I, it was a pretty wide open game. They did make, it's not like they were defending the entire way. There's that's absolutely not the case. Before that second goal from Nagby, which it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, I, I can't argue that. I wasn't even mad. It was amazing. They were on the they were on the front foot for a lot of a the lot, second half. Yeah, they were good in the second half. And I really say great. Like good is good is um you actually finish your chances. You don't make any defensive mistakes. Uh, so I, I won't say they're good, but they weren't. They weren't terrible. Like that, I, I, there was maybe their wiki's right. Maybe they was this was closer than the three zero scoreline. However, um, that said, every time Columbus approached the final third, you got nervous. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't feel like at any point that defending was going to going to be solid. It just it felt leaky tonight for whatever reason, and and obviously the the goal early. Uh, Frankowski left what NTN all alone. There, there was nobody within five yards of him. Yeah, I mean, and Wiki said that was that like there was there was of course people blaming Calvo because that's one of the things that we all do that, now. That's is, that's instinctual. That is instinctual. Yeah, Just call it for what it, it is. It was actually Calvo was perfectly Cal- fine. Nope. We we you you and I both mentioned on Twitter that we yeah. saw Calvo went with uh, with Zardis, which is what he right. had to do. And so left uh, on that side was Pineda was in front of him. Frankowski was behind him, and, and Sekulich was there too because it's it's the right hand Sapphire's right hand side. So sure. so Frankie drops into that position because there's a free kick, mm-hmm. and just completely doesn't continue the mark. Yeah. Just completely yeah. leaves him alone to float into the box. And what is Calvo going to do at that point? Step? No, no, he there's nothing. There's you got nothing. Zardis behind you, so. There was nothing Calvo could do there. That was no, Calvo it, was where he needed to be, and that and Zardes said that it, and Zardes made that the, was, I was going to say yeah. Zardes made the run you're supposed to make. Right. You, you are. You are. He was opening up that space by moving into another space, right. and he did that. And so Wiki said he do. talked to um, he talked to Frankowski and he talked to Sekulich after the game. He's like, "You guys are experienced players, and that's unacceptable." So, and I, I, I actually Frankie kind of got dinged on both ends because a couple minutes before that he had the chance that Mihailovic put on his feet that he didn't slot home that's um, right he, he slotted it wide that's true. right so I mean that was probably the best chance of the game for the fire and, and they didn't again you know it's another this is like last season too with Pano in this regard I feel like Wiki's improved a lot of things but the finishing is not one of them and we're talking about a lot of new forwards that it's just I guess it's I, not I clinical finishing I guess I felt again it it those final thirds are two things when the the middle third was real was good for the fire but other you know other than later in the game when you're when you're chasing it um but he kind of had dual sixes going tonight instead of he he's wiki's a lot of times had and that may be a function of he thought that Columbus is just really good but it wiki's usually had the the dual midfielders at the 8 but it kind of felt like he had dual sixes going tonight Possibly. So yeah, I, well, I thought that was interesting. 
It is, but at the same time, I wonder if that was done to free up Alisada up at the 10. Give him yeah, more room, he, room to he also, explore. Exactly. He also doesn't tradi- use a traditional 10, and he did tonight. So, um, but obviously, I, I, uh, Kappelhoff was not available. And um, will he be? Do you, do you see him coming back at all this season, or is it you think this Cap, is. Yeah, he's close. Um, okay. I think he'll be back this season. Um, and then yeah. obviously, CJ was not available, so they couldn't go with the two up top, the Barrich CJ combo that they had. But it worked well against Seattle. Um, because CJ had a personal matter he had to attend to. So he had an excused uh, absence, which the thing that sucks is he can't drop right back in now. He's got a quarantine. I don't know if he's back yet or not, but if he's back, he's got a quarantine now for 10 to 14 days, as I understand it. So, um, But I, I don't know that this is the reason. Could have been something different. I do know that CJ's fiance is pregnant. So I, I, there, I don't think there's any reason to pick on CJ. This was a human thing that had to be dealt with, whatever it was. And well, and, so, and, and to be and fair, more, you and yeah. you and I have talked about these types of situations. This is a different 2020. Anybody who listens to this years from now, it's a different year. There, there is nothing normal about this year. What I don't care what the reason was. You don't pick on anybody right. for making a decision like that. He right. felt he feels he needs to be there. I really could give a crap less. Why? That's where he needs to be. That's where yeah. he needs to be. Good on him for taking care of himself and taking care of his family. And then yep. beyond that, that's the end of it. Back to the game, though. I guess, like I said, when the ball went, when Columbus got into the final third, I. He, there was nothing good going to come from it. I just felt like the defense was not sound at all tonight. And I kind of felt the other way, the same on the attacking third. They, they get the ball in there. They move the ball around a little bit, but I never felt like they were truly, you know, it's not like you looked at one. Oh my God, they're going to score here. Or there's going to be a good chance. You just kind of felt like, Oh, maybe they'll get something out of it. I guess that's kind of how I felt most of the way. I didn't feel like they were yeah, creating dangerous, dangerous situations. The, the the chances it was sort of like Vancouver they were creating chances but the actual product at the end of those is is, is not ideal and and especially in the first half they were counterattacking a lot mm-hmm. and due to that they'd kind of have three runners clumped together in a very narrow fashion a lot of the time there was zero whiff to the attack and I think for that reason it was easy for Columbus to sort of you know, be patient in their defending and then snuff it out. So um, that seemed to improve in the second half. But like I said, I think that probably the best uh, chance was maybe that Frankowski chance sure. in the 17th minute. Um, I think it was, was it? I think it was maybe Alaseda that actually sent the pass in now thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Georgie had one, I think, second half where the goalkeeper actually had to make a save. Um, yes. And that was pretty much it. Georgie had that nice shot that went through, that went through the defender's legs that the goalie made it. It ultimately went right to him, but it was yeah. obviously screened that it went through the defender's yeah. legs to get to him. Um, that was a nice play, nice shot, but three, nothing loss, maybe, maybe tighter. You never felt they were the better team tonight. And to be fair, Columbus is good. I, it, They're really good. Like, it seems like they're, they're good. Caleb the Porter. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't think they're the best team in the league. I think they're up there, but they're, I don't know if they're the best team in the league. I mean, that's something here or there can be just, we'll, we'll figure out as we go along. So um, the fire, what three in a row they've lost now. 
They, after yeah, the, after they the opening one, win where we were optimistic. Yeah. yeah, so. And we got, what, Cincinnati at home next. Cincinnati at Soldier Field on Tuesday, correct? That's correct. the next one? Correct. So, you know, I, I, I want to talk about a couple of things. That One, I want to finish with that, and then I want to move it. So, like I said, MLS is back, and, of course, um, the, the fire give up a penalty late in the first half. It was just, oh, boy. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this one, and it was the foul by Nav- was Navarro on the, on the left side. Yeah. Diaz. Zardis steps up to take the penalty kick. And I think Zardis launched it down to down to Fourth Street in Columbus. I don't think it landed yet. I, it, it, I, I, we all people who don't like uh, Zardis always mock his first touch. Well, his first touch there was it definitely failed him on that one. He is a baffling player. He is, and it's and what's funny is like of the of Cle, uh, Columbus's two stars, you know they they have Zardis who, you know I. He seems like a very nice guy, but I, I just no, mm-hmm. not for me. And uh, Darlington Nagby, who is I think just absolutely excellent. I'm such a big fan of his. And, and you are because I, because you're a Columbus fan to go with it, and or not, not. Columbus, uh, Portland. Sorry, I apologize, Portland. I did like him from. in his Portland days, yeah. And although I saw a, t- a tweet, it came from 209, and it was, it's a picture of the the Darlington heat map, Nagby heat map from a couple years ago, and. On the defending half, it's like okay, I guess the third between the top of the arc, between the arc and the and the midfield stripe, it was it said. Um, let me read this because it's quite possibly the very best player in the entire world. I'm not even remotely exaggerating. In the, <laughs> in, the penalty, in the area between the top of the arc and out on the wings, it's like oh crap, what do I do with the ball? <laughs> in the penalty area, it's just there's a whole lot of f bombs in there, so. <laughs> It's like he's really bad in the penalty area. He's not good around, but that that third be, that the area between the mid the midfield stripe and the top of the arc, he's amazing. And that goal tonight kind of fits with that, doesn't it? Yeah. And then yeah, and, that was like something Thierry Henry would do. Like that was absurd. It was. <laughs> You're gonna flick it up to yourself and have a volley from what twenty five yards out. That was amazing. I just. I'm like, I'm watching it happen. I'm like, you know, whatever, fine. That's if, if that's the way we're going down, that's the way we're going down. Cause that was amazing. Sure. The and other that, two that, goals were just maddeningly stupid. And sure. you know, by the third one, you're like, okay, the third whatever, one, fine. the third one, you're chasing the game. You, they, they yeah. uh, I saw a lot of tweets saying they checked out and it, that, that kind of seemed par for the course. I, I know I had, I had other stuff going at that point and I wasn't paying full attention either at that, you know, after Nagby's goal, it's kind of like, all right, I'm done, whatever. Um, but anyway, I wanted to go to Zardis's PK because anybody who ever on Twitter, you, you need to take a look at, um, MLS, this MLS is Pablo. Um, God, I'm going to forget. I'm going to kill his name. Pablo Moore from uh, the pa- athletic. Yeah. The athletic does, does a series of we'll be right back. And mm-hmm. it's, it's an MLS blooper. It's absolutely hilarious. So with MLS coming back tonight, you had Zardis's PK, which should be in the running to join that list. Until we saw Sean Johnson give up a howler in the Hudson River Derby that Oh, went, I didn't see. It went right through his hands and over the goal line. And if you remember, Sean Johnson's already been on that list with his wonderful goal in the opening of the State Alliance what field in Minneapolis, in St. Paul. 
don't want to say Minneapolis. It is in St. Paul. So mm-hmm. anybody, you got to go look at the, yeah, that goal. Between those two, you've got a couple of really good candidates for that. So MLS is back. Obviously, some sloppy play at, between Zardis and fire defending and Sean Johnson. Those are There's definitely some things out there. So, But that said, um, we're going to transition here a little bit. You talked about Nagby and his wonderful goal, and I want to talk about, speaking of wonderful goals, I think Barcelona just gave up another one to Bayern Munich from the cha- in the Champions League. Wow. That made me, you know, I'm I, I'm an Arsenal fan, but in the Champions League, because Arsenal doesn't take part in the Champions League anymore, I'm a Bayern fan, um, just because I've always been a secret admirer of them. And while I was very happy uh, with the win, uh, that was a lot to process. Have you ever seen? And, and, and obviously, that I, I believe that's the highest scoreline in the Champions League knockout round, which would only make sense. But have you ever seen team of that quality? I guess the closest thing I can think of is Brazil getting destroyed at home by Germany. Exactly. Exactly. But it, it, on a club level, have you ever seen a team just get absolutely? Housed the level of Barcelona. I get it. This no, I mean, Barcelona. It's... I get it. This Barcelona team isn't the same as years past. This is a Champions League semifinal, and they got done. I, it's the only way you they can... have. It, it's pretty clear at this point that, um, and like, it's easy to go. It's easy to say this. What I'm about to say, but you have to consider that they still made the Champions League semifinal. Sure. And lost to an excellent team. Right. And then I guess the quarterfinal, right? Yeah, semifinal. semifinal. Semifinal, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, it was the quarters that they went out. So that's actually bad for them because the Bayern beat Lyon in the semifinal. Um, oh, that's correct. PSG right. beat Leipzig. Um, that's right. So Thank you. they made the quarters, which is not a good run for Barcelona, but still, it, it's but good for most teams. But you got to blow that team up now, I think. Like and I I would include I think it's time for Messi to leave and I don't know that he's ever going to leave there but I, I think he has to he's not going to win there I think I think like what, that's a project now they have to work on I I think what's funny is um that we when we were talking when we were texting through the game you you uh, Chris and I were texting through the game I sat there and like are they going to let Setien on the plane when they get off but when they get done with this game and the answer was no. I mean, maybe he got to fly back with him, but he was fired before the gate, yeah. before the post game show was over. Yeah, like it's and I, I I don't I don't see what you do with that now. They like you don't have like you look at Bayern Munich. You have Kimmich coming into his prime. You have Davies coming up. You have Serge Gnabry coming up. Like you, you yeah, Lewandowski's is probably at the back end of his prime, but he's incredible. There's there seems to be a plan going forward there where when Mueller and Lewandowski and, and eventually Kimmich, obviously Boateng's gonna be out soon. When those guys start to leave, there's a pro there's guys coming in to take their spots. There's like a natural progression. It, Barcelona's stale at this point. Sure, and but it, I, I don't but but Pat, I'm gonna jump in on the in, on the at the same time, this is the same team that got done five nil right around Christmas, which is what brought um, which was what brought Hansi Flick in as their manager. So yes, this is it is important to point out that this was a down year for Bayern Munich, and they might win the trouble. 
it, it was a down, it was a down year until they made yeah. until they made the coaching change. Right. It, it's it, and I think that that Bayern the management saw that there was an incredible amount of talent out there, and it was just a matter of this was a manager's job to maximize it. Barcelona is a different story. These guys are getting old, they're getting stale, and I think it, it's a that's not. I mean, you sure you fire the manager and you brought in Kuman, but I I don't think that's the problem. With them, I, I think it goes beyond that. And well, it's, if you, I, I also question. don't think I don't think that you can play a style of soccer in the modern game where you have players who aren't defending. And, and like that even goes for Messi for me. Like it's you you have to blow up the idea that you just have a guy standing around floating until he does something amazing. And you know, I'm a huge Messi fan, but like I don't think you can do that kind of thing anymore. Look at what like look at what Liverpool and what Bayern and and, the, and City and those teams are doing. They're just eating you alive all the time. So I think that if if Barcelona wants to succeed, they've got to do something similar at this point. So, well, but and, maybe I I'm mean, wrong. Well, and and let's uh, and let's let's look at this a little bit it, with you had Dembale not doing anything. Greetsman, start on no. the bench. Dijon, yeah. I mean, you 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 spent these hundred million dollars or hundred million pounds plus in that range on yeah. these players. You brought in, yeah. So like of their huge signings, you brought in Coutinho, who you actually loaned to Bayern Munich, who scored two, two on you. Two garbage time goals, realistically. Yeah, so you you lost two goals there, <laughs> minus two. Griezmann isn't doing anything. Uh, you spent 107 million on Usman Dembele, and you're actually thinking about dumping him off to Arsenal now, because he's not like it's just you can only get huge signings. And I don't think Griezmann was a bad signing, honestly. But no, um, but um, you can only get those wrong so many times. And, 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 and then, like I said, you've got Fra- you have Frankie De Jong in in there, and he's yeah, that's a good signing. It is a good signing, but I feel like he's be. What do they say? They think uh, he's being suffocated by Vidal, basically. Like he's not yeah. able to do what he does. Right, Vidal is not a player I would have around anymore if I were them. So, I, an un, un, unreal quarterfinal, and like you said, the two nothing, uh, what the semifinal, just clockwork for lack of a better term for for Bayern yeah. is. Does PSG stand a chance in the final? I know we're going to get mocked if we're wrong. Maybe. Maybe, but I don't think so. Like I, if, I think I said this on the show. I, I know I thought it. And I said it to you guys off the show. Three weeks ago, I thought Bayern was going to roll with this thing. Like I didn't think there's you, anybody that could stop them, including PSG. And, sure. And PSG had a very easy path to the final, um, and I think they're in for a rude awakening on Sunday. And I think you're 100 percent right. And I and I think even and I believe you did say it in the last time we we recorded. And I didn't think you were wrong then. I, I Bayern on a down year, they're still really good. Down year, gonna win. The yeah, show. A, a down year and that man, like I said, that managerial change. Obviously, if whatever whatever he fixed, he fixed it well. And this team is they they're gonna they'll probably win the Champions League. So. Um, the other funny thing is to me, like, it's not the French and, and credit to Lyon because they've obviously made the, the semifinal too. But it's this is not a league where the Bundesliga is not a league where 
the other teams are garbage, and yet Bayern continues to win. Leipzig's very, very good. Dortmund's always very, very good, and yet Bayern still wins it. They're just an absolute yeah, somebody, like, juggernaut. Somebody will look them in the eye around January, February, and then they win anyway. That seems to be mm-hmm. like they're, they're where in the French League, PSG usually by Christmas time has it wrapped up. I mean, they're now PSG is an interesting thing is an interesting team though, just in the sense of you finally have Mbappe has been healthy, but I mean, this could be, this could be a fun final in terms of at least the, at least the scoring in that sense. Yeah, it's going to be, I'm very excited for it. It's, it's different teams. Um, we, we haven't seen PSG at all, and, and we haven't seen Bayern in, in quite a while. So it's different teams. It's teams that both deserve to be there. Um, Tottenham's nowhere near the final, so I don't have to worry about anything. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a much more enjoyable final for me than last year was. Oh, well, I did enjoy them losing. Oh, seeing Spurs lose in the final? Well, that, that just kind of goes without saying, yeah. Um, I mean, but you, I, I think, I feel like with PSG, the reason why they've got they're playing much better right now is that Neymar is finally healthy. I mean, the, yes. say yeah. what you say, what you will, that that six month break or whatever, he's healthy again. And when him and Mbappe are playing are combining, it, it's fun to watch. So yeah, hopefully Mbappe's hamstring is all good to go. And cause sure. I want to see both teams at full strength on Sunday. And then I think that, uh, you know, I think that, that Byron's going to uh, roll and it, you know, it's crazy to me is that if that happens, Canada will have a Champions League winner and we still have only ever made it to the semifinal with DeMarcus and with Tyler Adams the other day. So, um, Canada, good for you. <laughs> good on Canada. That's definitely- Yeah. So, Here's my next thing. We're going to kind of roll into the. T- so we've talked about we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about it briefly again. Is we both were impressed with how CBS has done since they've acquired the Champions League. Oh, it's good. Yeah. And I'm paying six bucks a month for this. No, and it's part of it to to me is they don't have any time constraints. They can talk as long as they want after the game, before the game. And they have huge pregame shows, and yeah, they have they have really smart people talking. But I, like I wonder if the two hours, like I don't even need that much pregame, but I'm I'm a, I just appreciate that it's there. I can have it on. They've sure. got like Bosti coming on, and and like really great guests. Anything Demarcus Beasley's involved with, I'm fully on board with. I think he's doing a really good job. It's um, Kate Abdo. I I thought was one of the the very bright spots of of the BR. Uh, football coverage when mm-hmm. with Turner. Um, so I, she can, you know, she's beautiful and smart and speaks all the language as well. So she can be on anything as far as I'm concerned. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's good. It's good stuff. And then it's the cover, the coverage I, I in the stadium. On, you know. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, you, I agree. I wish it was on over the air, but I, yeah. I wonder if it, it, the, my question for you in this, is this a case of because it's on streaming, they, like I said, the lack of constraints help is, is what's the benefit here, especially as a lot I, of allowing them to, yeah. find their, to find their way. I know that 
yeah, I mean, to bring it back to the fire in that case, I know that a lot of people like thought about at least dumping ESPN Plus when the games move over to to WGN. But if you have ESPN Plus, you get extra coverage because they do they do a pregame show that you don't see on on Channel Nine. So um, it is a sense that there isn't a time constraint; they can just do a show. And like, we saw that with the NWSL too, with you know their coverage of their pregame coverage, you're not going to get that over the air. So it's kind of cool that that's available. Sure. And like I said, their coverage is, have they, would you put them on par with NBCSN or NBC sports yet with the premier league or are they not there yet? To me, that's the gold standard. Um, I agree. That's what, that's why I was asking the question. uh, It's close. I don't think it's better yet. I need to see more, but it's definitely close. Okay, and then I think I believe it came out today. Speaking of seeing, we're talking about CVS All Access. We're going to transition a little bit here. Is the women's champion league Champions League is going to be on CVS All Access? Yeah, I think that's like it's sort of like when ESPN Plus first started and they were adding products left and right. Oh, we've got the Italian League, or oh, we've got the FA Cup, and um, you're just like, oh, great, I get to see that now too. And so it it, it bothers me less and less. When I had to pay six bucks to uh, watch the NWSL, I was mildly annoyed because I'm like, what am I going to watch Matlock reruns or something? What else is on here? But now they've got the Champions League. They've got the Women's Champions League. I assume they're going to try to continue to add um, programming as well. Suddenly it's like, oh, no, that's actually really cool because you don't have to, you know, you watch it wherever you are. It's on it's on the app. It could be on your TV. It's You don't have to Remember the days of, I mean, yeah, the Champions League was on when it was on Fox, but it'd be like, oh, I don't get Fox Sports 2, so I can't watch Dortmund today. So I can't watch Christian Pulisic. This was only a couple of years ago. Now you don't have to worry about it. You have it all there. On the sure. App. So, yeah, I, I don't mind it so much. No, and and there's a lot to be said. We've talked about it in conversations before about that. And. Streaming is going to be the way is with especially with soccer. It's going to be the way where you're going to find it, and you're going to probably wind if you want to watch your team. You're going to have to pay for CBS All Access. You're going to have to pay for ESPN Plus. If you're a soccer fan, you're listening to the show and you don't have ESPN Plus. The my question is, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, you've got the Bundesliga coming in. You've already got Syria. Yeah. You've got the yeah. FA Cup. You've got the Carabao Cup MLS. You've got USL, USL two. Yeah. A- or USL one, I guess. Not USL. I watch Forward Madison on there, like to check it on the Fire Guys up there. It's it's it, it's great, and yeah, it, it's five dollars, and it went up to six dollars a month. If if, if you're, you're if a you're subscriber. a new subscriber, if you're a new subscriber, yeah. right? And that's and, inevitable, and it, it they're gonna and that's the problem with this. They're all gonna continue to creep once we get complacent, and then we're gonna have to start the whole game where we pick and choose and start canceling again to get them to, you know, like this is what happened with cord cutters, right? It, the, they went to, to you know streaming, and then now the price of streaming is creeping up. So, but but, but to be fair for the for the companies like ESPN, you're paying for the rights. These rights are not yeah, going to get cheaper. Yeah, the rights cheaper. are expensive. Yeah, they're, exactly. and they're not going to get cheaper. And, and and if you're a soccer fan, you know we talked about all the other things. Then they'll have all the college soccer. Um, then they then you can go when that starts back up. They've got the Chinese league. They have the air device shows up periodically. Occasionally you'll get a league one, a championship, a league one, a league two. From England, like I said, if you're a soccer fan, you don't have ESPN Plus, and they have the U.S. Open Cup, I believe, as well. So you really, yeah, you should have ESPN Plus. And then 
Absolutely. I think CBS All Access for, like you said, the Champions League, and they'll they'll have all of it. It'll all show up on CBS All Access. If you don't have, I believe you don't even need to have um, the ESPN Sports Network or, or CBS Sports Network. To find, you can should be able to still watch it on All Access, but I'm not 100% yeah, sure about that. Yeah, and that is that is where the NBC deal is different because NBC has Peacock. They're streaming. And some of the Premier League matches, the ones that were on gold, are moving over to that, is my understanding. But Correct. you still need a, subs- a cable subscription to watch the ones on NBCSN. Correct. So that that's very different. And, and, you know, as much as I like their coverage, that's kind of annoying if you're in a situation where you don't really want to have cable anymore. I, I'm fine. I don't mind. But um, that's a different thing. I like the fact that with ESPN Plus's um, coverage and with uh, with CBS All Access's coverage, I kind of like that it's all there. I wonder if that's going to be the case next year with the Champions League, if, if they're not going to try to get those on on uh, either cable or over-the-air channels. But um, well, and you, this and year, you met, I, they couldn't do it on short notice. No, but and you had mentioned prior to it is that the, um, I want to say it's the FedEx Cup playoffs have started or they're close to yeah, starting in that range. It's golf and you're in their playoff setting. It, and it's one of those years. I believe it's the opening round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. And golf does huge numbers on CBS. And now you're mm-hmm. talking their playoff season. So, yeah, it, it wasn't going to make it. And that's why it got pushed to CBS Sports Network. Yeah, next year, probably a good chance it'll be on CB, on big CBS. Probably. And you know what? Yeah, it's we're still going to get to see it. Sure. So it's it's not such a bad thing it's just i i just you know sure i don't and want you, to subscribe to 15 of these things so you, well you i i would have anticipated at some point you're probably well espn seems to cover all abc so you've got the big three you've got peacock abc which is espn and then you have um cbs so True. you got all three you got the three the big three covered um i still think it's a definite win that it's no longer on bleacher bleacher report slash tnt so yeah, i mean they were charging Five bucks, bucks a game. A, yeah, five f- bucks a game. Yeah, five which bucks is a game. Just, which is that was absurd. You're talking about f- like five dollars a month versus five dollars a game, mm-hmm. and then, uh, yeah, it. And if and you then look, obviously if you Fox, look, I, if nothing was ever on Fox again, I'd probably be okay with that. So. Yeah. Yeah, baseball's about it, isn't it? Baseball, the Big East. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, kind of going back to so CBS All Access. Picked up the Women's Champions League. Um, the Women's Champions League is getting better as players are leaving. Starting to see a little bit of an exodus in the NWSL. You, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I um, Sam Mewis and and uh, Rose Lavelle went to Manchester City, and I think it was actually Bleacher Report that put out a graphic showing them at the exact same height. And if you know anything about those two players. They're extremely different heights, which that made me laugh. Um, it, absolutely. And then, and then uh, Tobin and uh, Kristen Press are, I haven't heard if they've actually signed with Manchester United, but uh, that's in the works. That's close, it, you know, correct. I feel like more, I, and if, if anybody um, leaves the Red Stars, I do hope they go to Arsenal because um, Heather O'Reilly, I think, is like the only American woman to play for arsenal i feel like there should be more so sure um, what any well the red stars have a couple that have gone to i believe finland and denmark i believe yes so the denmark thing uh i'm actually going to write something on this i think but i will exclusively tell you what's going on on the podcast with that um 
there are now four Red Stars players who played for the Red Stars in some capacity, whether it was on the the they were call ups when the for national team duty for other players, and then so that's um, Maddie Picorni and Lauren Sagewich, mm-hmm. and then Emily Boyd, the backup goalkeeper, and um, Mackenzie Doniak both just went. There's this team in it's HB Cluj. I think I'm saying it incorrectly. Probably um, they play. <laughs> south of Copenhagen and they were in the second division and Maddie and Lauren were actually over there and helped them get promoted to the first division in the spring. And now they're in the first division and they're trying to make it to the women's champions league. Um, Cause I think Denmark gets one spot in that. And um, the team is actually owned by Capelli sport, which is the new Jersey manufacturer for the eclipse select soccer club, which is owned by Rory Dames. So Rory struck up this, uh, basically, he got to know the guy who owns Capelli. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, I can send you some players. And he sent some players, and now they've got, they're like, they lost on Wednesday. They won the other day. Um, or they lost over the weekend, I think. They won the other day. But they're like, they're winning like crazy. With And, and the, the Red Stars players are all starting every game. So if you are a Red Stars fan, these games are free. I think it's on Cujo TV or some kind of service I found it on. If you go to the site, the Instagram for this team, they post the link for the games. And you can watch these players, and it's fun. It's sort of like when you got me the Guernsey subscription. It's it's There's weird bikes and stuff going on in the background. And um, sure. people walking by with, with strollers, and then you can hear them yelling at each other, and it, it's, it's fun. But... Uh, I am excited for them. Lauren's actually. A friend and what we'll do is we'll we'll dig that yeah. link up and we'll put it on the we'll we'll put on yeah we'll we'll put that on the on the mini Van Dad Twitter. And then group. there's yeah and then there's players in I think was it Finland. Kayla went to Finland. K- Kayla she? went to Finland. Yeah. And then, um, so I mean, I, but like I think you asked, are, are we worried? I mean, for the lower end players, I think it's awesome because they get playing time. Sure. But for the higher end, for the national teamers, are we worried? Well, and it sounds like it sounds like they're gaming the system a little bit. Like their salary, yes. obviously, everything that happened in this in 2020 is guaranteed. They're not paid by NWSL. They're paid right. by U.S. Soccer. So therefore, they can leave. They when they're when they're out of season, and actually at any point, they can leave on a free. And it sounds like that's kind of what they're doing a little bit. Carly now, did this a few years ago when she went to Man City, and then she ended up coming back. Sure, and. Do you think this is a short-term thing, or do you think this because they get to play the season and the NWSL still is in the planning stages of possibly coming back, or is this a case of they're looking at greener pastures? I mean, what what do you, what's your? I think that it's only a matter of time before the huge brands that are the because in in Europe the men's and women's teams the, the the giant brands that are the men's teams are running the women's team. So it's the same brand and there's a lot of money behind it. If they decide to put a lot of money behind it. And I think it's only a matter of time before it's a lot more lucrative for women's players to play over there. Just like the men. Sure. And, and, and you're probably right about that, but I Which feel like then I'll tell you what that solves instantly is the pay dispute with us soccer. Cause if they're making great salaries, way more than they were making at their NWSL teams, then U S soccer doesn't have to subsidize their salaries. And, uh, then, you know, they can just get the same game checks that the men get same per diems that the men get. But then the problem becomes without those stars, does the NWSL make it? 
And I, I think the answer is I, I think the answer is ultimately yes. And the reason I and the reason I'm gonna go I'm gonna go there for a couple of reasons. One is look what happens. Major League Soccer doesn't have all the US men's national team players and it does okay. Does Will it be, most of them. That's true. It, and I feel like this the end up the NWSL Challenge Cup did a great job of drawing people in. I think if they can get some games in the season, whether it's got the national team players or not, I think what you're starting to see is you're starting to see t- fans identify with teams, not players. And and I think you yeah, you, that's huge. Yeah. And yeah, you're of right. course, of course, with for the Red Stars, you're going to have people that are going to tune in just because it's Julie Ertz because it's Alyssa Nair. However. They're getting some players on their own, and you know, it, when they had Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr in women's soccer is well known, but isn't well, wasn't necessarily well known in the United States unless you were an NWSL fan. So you're going to start seeing some of that, and you're going to see players that are going to develop. Now, the thing is with the difference between the NWSL and playing in Europe is you, yes, the top teams are very are probably comparable. Man City showed that when they came over for the champions cup tournament last year or whatever that one was in North Carolina. Um, But it's not top to bottom as good. You're going to have game. They have games there that are absolutely just not even close versus. And that's, and that's why a lot of them have stayed here is the competition is good all the way through versus having games that you, you essentially get games off because the other team is just bad. And until you'd solve that problem, the NWSL still has that advantage. That's um, a great point. And then the other point was the NWSL, if you wanted to play in the offseason, a lot of them used to go to Australia. Yeah. I always thought like it would be, I always felt like it would be amazing if all of the Australian teams formed partnerships with all of the American teams. And so the players didn't shuffle so much when they went over there, but they were all on the same teams. I, I and thought I believe- that would be really cool. And I believe that happens to some level. I want to say a couple seasons ago um, that the Red Stars players all went out to play for Perth because that, you know, obviously it's Sam Kerr. She went out there, but they, that's where they all matriculated to. So, but anyway, so do you all ultimately think, are you concerned? I mean, from an NWSL perspective, should you be concerned or do you kind of think that this is just because they get a chance to play a full season right now, which, like I said, with the NWSL, we're not sure it's going to happen or not. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, for like I said, for the lower level players, it's definitely to play. Um, I don't know how much they're actually making. Like one of the girls I mentioned, one of the women I mentioned, Lauren Sadrich, is a friend of mine because I coach with her. And she was like super excited because she was like, you know, she was in training camp with the Red Stars. She didn't know if she'd make it. COVID happened and shut it down. And so this opportunity came and she was super excited to go play. And on top of that, they're so much farther ahead of us with the coronavirus that mm-hmm. she's like, it's almost like normal over here again. Where, whereas um, it's obviously not here. We still have, to have bubbles and things like that. So um, I think for the lower end players, it's, it's awesome. I think for the top end players, it's probably financially a very good thing. Like you said, they can make some money and, and almost game the system, but yeah, it's, do I want to watch? I, I I can tell you that I I've become a Red Stars fan, but sure. Do I want to watch Utah and OL Rain if you know Kristen Press and Megan Rapino aren't playing? I probably don't. I think there's tons of fans that do, but I 
I like to watch the stars. Uh, okay. If I'm not watching my team, so sure. I do think it'll impact it in that sense. Okay, that's and that and that's a and that's truly truly fair to see. But um, do you think they get the season going in? I mean, you see talk of it, and they're in the planning stages, trying to do like regional bubbles, I believe. But I couldn't even. This, I, I mean, this is more a question for you than it is for me. I think since you are the is. Red Stars editor of. And and I read through, and I've I've tried to keep up with it and it sounds like they want to do like weekends and at certain sites you know like I don't know if it's like a bubble weekend that they kind of do a couple games or two or three games in these sites but it's not finalized it's not there I do know they are back in training to some level I believe it was that came that started this week again so I guess we're in a whole lot of we'll see mode um, I'd like to see them get some more games in because the Challenge Cup was pretty awesome but I don't but again I don't know. What it'll mean? Will it mean towards will be towards an NWSL Cup winning team, or is that going to be Houston for the year? And these are just trying to get games in to get games in. That's something they're going to have to. They did a very bad job of clarifying that before they announced the tournament, and they that's something they're going to have to make clear. Like, what is this? And if it is just little friendly games, I think that's fantastic to get going. Like, I think they should. Um, but if they're going to try to have it be some sort of a season, they have to have an idea of what that looks like before they start playing it. I know that MLS has only announced the first six games for everybody of the re, mm-hmm. what Jeremy McCullough calls the re-restart, which I think is hilarious. Um, they have a plan for the rest of it, though. It's just sure. they haven't announced it yet. So um, it's I, I hope that whatever uh, NWSL does, they have a idea and they're pretty clear about what they're trying to do. Sure. So speaking By of the way, plan- I can report a bit of Red Stars news. I can report. Um, this is very important. Uh, I saw Rory at the Oak Brook Polo Fields a week and a half ago on a 90 degree day and said hello to him. He was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> it's not just on the sidelines. It, it isn't. The, okay. Well, no. hey, that that's, that's an important note. So everybody who's listening to our Red Stars fans, I guess he wears a hoodie all the time. I don't understand it. I don't think I could do it, but good on him for doing it. So anyway, speaking of plans that were announced this week, you we're gonna we're gonna transfer over to the US Fan TV part of the show, and we've got the FIFA 2022 or the World Cup, the Concacaf qualifying schedule. The Ocho is out. Yes, the Ocho is out, and it starts in June of next year. Well, it's for the U.S., Jamaica, Honduras, Costa Rica, and Mexico. Mexico. It starts. Yeah. It starts in June. Everybody five else. Is, yeah. Five of the eight, and then the other, the rest of them will be in. There's six brackets. Six teams come out. They join in. So those are your lat. Those are the. I guess there's six brackets. Three teams come out. So you get those. That'll fill in the to make the ocho. I do find it hilarious that the team that the U.S. is most likely to open against is Trinidad and Tobago on the road. Let's get that one out of the way right away. That's well, it'll be yeah. That that's Group F and against Group A, or it'll be El Salvador. Right. So, the other option is El Salvador. Um, I'm looking at the rest of them on think, those, and yeah. Weren't they yeah. the Josie Altador nipple pinchers? They were. That sounds yeah. about right. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the CONCACAF in the first round, El Salvador is the top team in Group A. Can't, group B has Canada. I'm trying to look if any of the other teams have ever made anything. Um, group C is Guatemala and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Vincent Heat. Um, 
Group D is Panama. Group E is looks like Haiti, Nicaragua or Haiti. And then Group F is uh, Trinidad and Tobago. And th- that's about, you know, yeah, there's, a, there's, I mean, these are groups of five, but they're the, none of the other countries I don't think have ever made the final round of qualifying, or at least that I can recall off the top of my head. So, um, so yeah, starting with Trinidad. So, and looking at this, at the way this shaped up for, for the United States men's national team, I want to say it, it might have been the best possible scheduling that you have. So, Mexico in October, not exactly the warmest time of the year, but not the worst time of the year. Yeah, it depends on where you go. And are we going to play it in Columbus again? At the new is the new stadium even going to be ready? I don't know. Um, is the uh, I think the new stadium is supposed to be ready in the for the next season. So I think it would be. Um, or do you move on and play it in Minnesota or Kansas City or Portland if they could put down grass? I say you move on. I, I agree. I, I believe I believe after the the last debacle in Columbus, I think the magic there is gone. I yep. as much as, as fun as it was to be in Columbus, as fun as it was to experience that city, I feel like the magic was gone. And um, I, I in looking at that game, I think you do move on. And there's a lot of people saying Minnesota is a natural. Going to Minnesota in October isn't going to be a warm. It won't be bitter cold, but it won't be necessarily warm either in the evening. It'll probably be. 50 degrees maybe but probably in the 40s so you're probably looking at columbus in february or march eight type weather or november weather so you're looking at comparable weather that way um minnesota will be obviously be a really good home field advantage i agree with you if portland or seattle could put down grass you want to put those games there but as we've seen when seattle or portland when seattle specifically has put down grass it has not ended well in that stadium so far so right um and i, I have they ever tried it in portland I don't recall off the top of my um, head. I know the national so. team played there. I don't know if it was on turf or grass, though. But yeah, it's I. I mean, that stadium is. I, I last time I was there, the um, reconstruction of the one side was still going on, so it's even sure. better now than it was. But yeah, that that Timbers Army end filled with American outlaws would be intimidating. Like that would be outstanding to see, and um, I think that's the ideal place for it except for the turf issue and you know it's i guess the one thing that's kind of cool about having it in the midwest is when people come from all over their flights are a little shorter so Mm -hmm. selfishly i wanted in minnesota because we can drive but um assuming we can get tickets for that yeah i think we'll (laughs) find a way but that but that that stadium as well though that the the supporter section in at Allianz, at Allianz Field has the the safe standing, so I mean that place yeah. will be that yep. place will be pretty darn insane that way, and I I think it would be a great atmosphere. Um, I so I I'm What's I'm all the in capacity there though, isn't it like nineteen? Uh, I'm looking right now. Let's see. If I think 19, nineteen four. Is, nineteen four. I where think Providence, Providence Park, Park is, is almost quite third. a bit bigger now. Yeah, with this with the expansion, so well, that well, would be a plus for Portland. But again, the problem, like you said, it's that turf. Um, yep. Yep. Providence Park, the current attendance there is twenty five thousand two eighteen, is what it's saying. So Portland would be fun. Could you imagine Seattle if they could get grass to work there? Fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah, that would be outstanding. And that's and it, and having been in that stadium and it was only forty thousand when I was there, it's loud. It is really yeah. loud. 
So that would be a great thing. So, and then the, what? And what? And looking back at the rest of the schedule, uh, the trip to Mexico City, I assume it'll be at Azteca as it always is, is in January. Yep. Not going to be 90 degrees. No, that's probably the best possible, unless I'm missing something here, that's the best possible month to play them there. Correct. And going down to Costa Rica will be in March of 2022. That's going to be difficult. But that'll hopefully by then, if you're looking yeah. at that, that's the, that's, that's the finale. So hopefully yeah. they've done an... Hopefully they aren't counting on results or need a result at that point to get there. Um, based on, I, the don't, tel- I don't think they're going to. I'm going to be the. I don't want to have to beat Calvo in his home stadium to go to the except, World Cup. I know that. Except based on his defending level, you might. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be his. Cons- Come on, Calvo's my guy. I don't want to make fun of him. He did okay tonight. He was not. He was not the problem. He was not the problem tonight. He definitely was not the problem tonight. So, um, but speaking of the national team. Youth national team player Jonathan Klinsmann has, oh. has moved on to the LA Galaxy, which was obviously the team that landed Donovan's team. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What was your thought when you when you heard about that one? I mean, I mean that was you... the that was the first thing I thought of is oh wow, uh, Jonathan Klinsmann's going to LD's old team. Obviously, Landon's not there anymore. He's at San Diego loyal as the manager, but an owner, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's something that feels, uh, comical, comical <laughs> about that, but Ironic, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure if the word, but it, and I don't know. Is he, I don't know if he's going to start. I mean, he, he wasn't playing for Hertha. He didn't, I don't think he played a whole lot for, uh, the team in Switzerland he was playing for. So, um, I, you know, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but, um, and I, I also, you know, I, I kind of, as I don't really hold it against him that he tweeted something stupid in defense of his dad no, when he was true. 16 or 17. I do hold it against his dad that his dad held a grudge and didn't take America's best player to the 2014 World Cup and left Wando in position to score from the six-yard box and not Landon. So I'm not going to give up that grudge, but I'm not going to hold the grudge against the kid. So I hopefully, hopefully he does well. I, my guess is he will probably – I'm looking at the Galaxy roster. Uh, David Bingham's their starter. He's a clear-cut number one. They have a homegrown goalkeeper, um, Eric Lopez, who I don't know, obviously. Justin Von Stieg is also a goalkeeper, and then they have Jonathan Klinsmann. So worst-case scenario, he goes to Los Dos, and and will get some time there. I mean, obviously, they just signed him. So, um, But speaking of, we're going to finish up on one quick speculation that you had written about today. Um, the Fire's interest in a center back from Colum- center back from Columbia. Is that correct? Correct. What What do we know about him? Um. Well, I'm going to have to pull up my own website to tell you his name. Carlos <laughs> Tehran. Is that right? Let me see what I wrote. I know more about him than I do about just because you sprung this on me. I did. Um, Carlos Tehran, yes. Um, he is a 19-year-old center back from Colombia. He's a big dude. Um, he's uh, like 90% of the time a center back, but apparently he can also play as a right back. So in that sense, and then he's also 6'2", 190. So in that sense, too, he's very much like Boris Sekulich, except he's young and Colombian. Um He's got U20 and U23 national team caps. Um, the weird thing is that you, um, when you look for, the, when you hear these names, 
when this happens and then you you go to youtube there's always a highlight video right sure. there was no highlight video for him so the only videos i found were of him taking a throw in where did you see it <laughs> i did not <laughs> so go look at it so he's taking a throw in this is on the team uh envigado i think the team is that he plays for in colombia they decided to put special effects on his throw-in. Like I'm looking at it right now. Oh my it's God. amazing. So if you play the video, he throws the ball to the far post and his team scores. And it's El Cojete de Carlos Teran, which is, I believe, the rocket of Carlos Teran. It is a hell of a throw-in. But, I mean, the fact that that's the video that's out there. He puts um, it to the – he puts it from – the, if you're attacking on the left side, just outside the penalty area, he puts it on the six yard box. On it's the a side, hell of a throw. Is a long throw. It now, I, of course, to be fair, if you're playing on some of these USLs, minor league baseball fields, it's not. But this one, it truly was. Yeah. But yeah, the explosions made it but made it special. Very, you guys go to Hot Time, find the article. If you go to this, so they strip out these videos. If you go to like a news search, sometimes so actually go to Hot Time in Old Town. I will, I will, yeah. I'll link it to the, I'll link the yes. hot time article, to the minivan. The, so, um, thank you very much. TJ. The, the special effects on it, like the, the fire are, despite the fact that the team is playing poorly on the field, their media staff is like the most talented people I've ever seen at, at putting like effects in videos and being creative and stuff like that. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And therefore it makes it amazing. Like it's, it's incredible. <laughs> the rocket noises and the flashes of fire. And I'm like, is this real? And then the other, I only other thing I found on him was um, like, there's a news report when he was called into a U 20 team. So, so I don't know a whole lot about him. Okay. I don't well, know if they're signing him, but I know it, that Guillermo said they they're looking at him. So I guarantee you that's true. All right. So I, I do. Thanks for bringing it back to the fire and the, their media team. And I, so, Stories are, are floating around that they're going to update their logo for next year, and you're hearing much the same. Is that correct? Uh, I can't tell you what I'm hearing. Okay. So we'll on take that for what. Okay. On the record, you can't say it. So, but uh, rumors are they're going to be update refreshing the logo, but I believe the Catanus is going to stay in in place. It's just going to be some minor tweaks. But you pointed out tonight that you're a fan of the the lantern logo that they have for one of their jock jock tags on their yes. jerseys. Is that correct? Uh, I- Here's, here's the thing I'll tell you. I can tell you this. Um, go look at the Chicago Fire Juniors logo. It's base. It's similar. It's got the crown. It takes out the yellow. It's a blue and white logo. They've been using blue and white a lot on a lot of their things. If you look at the merchandise they were putting out for the original home game that was going to be at Soldier Field, it was blue and white, and they kind of took out the yellow. Um, the Chicago Fire Junior. Junior's logo is round instead sure. of oval. It's got bolder lines and bolder font. It it it's um and I don't think they would have introduced that with the juniors if they weren't planning on keeping the crown in some capacity with the first team. And we we've talked about but that in previous shows. And I agree. And I agree. I, I don't think you're going to put it on on something as large as the as the juniors, which is a pretty pro, pretty prominent program to see that. So I'm looking at the juniors logo, and if they, yeah, it's round, it's cleaner, it looks like it's what what you would expect. It's tweaked a little bit, but it's not over completely overrun. You're not going to go back to the old logo. 
I don't see the lantern one coming into play. I, I looked at that. I, I would agree. love. Okay, I don't agree. I don't want that, that as the logo. I don't want that lantern as the logo. I think it's a cool art piece, but sure. I want a lantern as the logo. Okay. I, I, Imagine but, the current logo. You can mm-hmm. even keep it AC Milan oval. Bolden sure. up the fonts. Make the lines bolder. Instead of the crown, you've got a lantern, and at the center of the lantern, you've got a little flame with a Chicago star. And you could probably do it in the red and the, in the red and the gold, and you get away with it. It would so, be outstanding. I guess I could live with that. The one you you looked at, I'm like, I think that's a little busy, so I'm not. No, no, no. That that couldn't be a crest, but there there's a foundation for a crest there. Oh, I, think some... that's a, I think that's cool artwork. Like those Jack Tech things they do are really cool. Sure. I, I like that lantern one. I don't want that as the crest. I want a lantern as the crest. Though. That's what I want. But I don't okay. get to decide. No, you don't. You just get to report upon it, and you do a great job of that at Hot Time in Old Town. So definitely, if you're listening, check out all Pat's work at Hot Time in Old Town. He's He's got something almost every day, if not every day, on the fire. If nothing else, it's news and notes. If it's uh, what he's picked up in training and just asking questions, give it – take you know, promote it, put it out on Twitter and Instagram, whatever – Read the articles. There's, there's actually, you're going to learn some stuff in there. And, um, yeah, you got your game right up and Ruben's got his from tonight. And so there's a lot of good content, especially with the fire getting back started. Um, as things become clear for the red stars, they'll definitely get going again on that. So, um, Pat, we're, as we're getting to the end of the show, what do you, you got? Anything, any final notes for tonight? No, I think all I can say to you, TJ is you're done. And Pat, I, I think you said it perfectly. And on that note, you're done.